Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nations, the Dream Shakes the Dream Take podcast. My name is Michael Brown, and I am recording this show live here on Spotify Green Room, live from the Odyssey of the Seas cruise ship uh, for Royal Caribbean. Uh, it is my turn to host the show, and as we told you guys, uh, when the season began, we were going to be live uh, after every single Rockets game, preseason, regular season, and uh, hopefully postseason. And I have the absolute pleasure of doing this show um, right after the Houston Rockets' uh, first win of the season. Um, the Rockets played the Oklahoma City Thunder this evening inside of Toyota Center and destroyed the Oklahoma City Thunder 124-291. Um, here at the 
Dream Take, the Dream Shakes number one podcast. Um, I'm here to take all of your calls. I'm here to talk all things Houston Rockets for as long as our listeners are tuned in and would like to uh, talk Rockets basketball. So if you would like to discuss any of tonight's game, go ahead and go ahead and hit that request to speak button. I would love to bring you up on stage and discuss all things Houston Rockets. Uh, until that point, let's quickly go over the um, box score for this evening. Um, the Rockets, like I said, defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 124 291. Uh, some of the team stats first the Rockets shot 51% from the field to the Oklahoma City Thunders 37%. Uh, the Rockets were ridiculous 17 of 38 from uh, the three point line. Um, uh, 17 threes in a game is incredible. Um, no matter who you're playing. And a lot of people are going to look at this box score and break down the game tonight and, and think, well, the Rockets were playing the, the Oklahoma city thunder, you know, big whoop. They beat them by 33 points. The Rockets, if they played their starters, their entire game could have very easily won this game by 50 points plus. And I don't care who you're talking about a game against, you're playing an NBA team. You're playing legit NBA talent. Shea Gillis, Alexander, Josh Giddy. Uh, Josh Giddy was their their highest draft pick. Uh, I didn't like him coming into the draft. I think he's an okay player, um, but you know, for what he showed tonight, uh, he he's nothing special yet. I think he could potentially develop into something, uh, but right now, you know, he's okay. But the Rockets obliterated the Thunder tonight, so it doesn't matter who they're playing. Right now, a win is a win, and the guys look great tonight. Um, the Rockets were 79% from the three, or excuse me, shot 79% from the three throw line, 11 of 14. They did have 16 turnovers. They did force the Thunder into 19 turnovers. The Rockets won the assist battle 28 to 22. They had 13 more rebounds uh, than the, the Thunder. They out rebounded them 53 to 40. 10 blocks for the, the Rockets to the four for the Thunder, 12 steals for the Rockets. Uh, they also committed 18 personal fouls to the Thunders, 21. Um, some individual stats to take a look at um, for the good guys. We're not going to get into the stats for the Thunder because, quite honestly, I don't care uh, to do so. Um, let's start at the top. I mean, Christian Wood was a, was special tonight. Uh, 31 points, 14 rebounds, one assist, 13 of 19 from the field, including four of six from the three-point line, three blocks, one steal, uh, and was a very good plus 26 while on the court. Kevin Porter Jr. had a really good bounce-back game from the first game. They He had three rebounds, nine assists, seven of 16, <coughs> excuse me, from the, the field, four of eight from the three-point line. Jay Shante with an absolutely ridiculous uh, 16 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, six of nine from the field, two of two from the three-point line. Jalen Green uh, getting off to a pretty slow start this season, nine points tonight, three rebounds, two assists. Eric Gordon, great game off the bench, 22 points on seven of 14 from the field, four of six from the three-point line. Alperen Shangun, six points, four rebounds. David Nawaba kicked in six points and five rebounds. Daniel House, 11 minutes, two points, three rebounds. DJ Augustine hit a three-point shot, or excuse me, uh, hit a bucket, three points. Armani Brooks 
six points in garbage minutes at the end and Josh Christopher with two points. KJ Martin also got onto the court for six minutes. Uh, didn't do very much. I think that's probably one thing. Once again, we are live here on Spotify green room for SB nations. The dream shakes the dream take podcast. My name is Michael Brown aboard the Royal Caribbean uh, odyssey of the seas uh, here doing our post-game breakdown uh, of the Rockets' first win of the season. If you would like to talk Houston Rockets basketball uh, with me, hit that request to speak button, and of course, we will bring you onto uh, the stage. Uh, one thing that was particularly uh, interesting uh, to me tonight was KJ Martin only getting six minutes uh, on the court. I... It's one of those situations where we're still so early in the season that Coach Silas is still trying to figure out where his rotation minutes are going to go. Um, You know, the the fact of the matter is, is that they have a log jam at the small forward position. You know, in front of K.J. Martin, you look at guys like Daniel House getting 11 minutes. You look at guys like David Nawaba getting 16 minutes, Eric Gordon getting 26 minutes. Jayshon Tate getting 28 minutes. Um, You know, guys like that getting minutes ahead of KJ Martin. The one anomaly there is Daniel House because as we've talked about at the beginning of the season, what benefit, um, and we're bringing on, you know, good friend of the show, Ryan Santoro. Ryan, let me me bang out this, this comment real quick and then we'll get to what you have to talk about. Um... Daniel House being on the floor, I don't understand how it benefits this roster whatsoever. It it just doesn't make any sense to me, giving him minutes that can be going to other guys like a K.J. Martin. K.J. Martin needs to be getting more than six minutes in a game. Ryan, are you in agreement with that statement or in disagreement with that statement? Sorry, I said one more time, Mike. Sorry. No worries. Uh, What I was saying was Daniel House getting – 16 minutes on this roster does not make any sense whatsoever. Excuse me, 11 minutes. He didn't get 16 minutes. 11 minutes tonight does not make sense to me whatsoever. I don't get it. I don't understand that. To answer your question, I want uh, want Daniel House out of the Rockets. I don't want him. I mean, yeah, look, I, I don't disagree with that statement at all. I think it's you, you, it's you, not. You I don't. I don't want him gone. I really don't want him gone because I actually I like him. I like him as a player a lot, but he doesn't make sense for this roster anymore. Like, there's no way to justify and say we should be giving Daniel House minutes because of reasons A, B, C, and D. They just don't exist. Give his minutes to Josh Christopher. I wouldn't even say Josh Christopher. It's K, it's KJ Martin. Well, like KJ 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 Martin's development is being stunted because of Daniel House. David Nawaba, I told, I agree. I, I think David Nawaba's presence and him getting 16 minutes makes sense. He's your best, second best on-ball defender. Um, but Daniel House, it just, it doesn't make sense to me at this point. And why isn't, why isn't Armani Rooks playing? I don't understand that as well. That makes no sense to me. So. Well, it does and it, it does and it doesn't. Um, Look, Armani Brooks, you know, six minutes, he scored six points. You've got a log jam at the guard position as well. Like who, 
Ryan, let me ask you this. Who are you going to take minutes away from to give minutes to Armani Brooks? Uh, are you, you don't want Kevin, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. Tonight played 31 minutes. Uh, Jalen Green played 26 minutes. Eric Gordon played 26 minutes. And that, I think we just answered the, that question is Eric Gordon and Daniel House are the anomalies on this roster. Because if you get rid of both of those guys, minutes start to open up for an Armani Brooks, for a uh, Josh Christopher, for a KJ Martin Jr. But I'm telling you this right now. They showed tonight they are not the worst team in the league. Was it a bad first night against Minnesota? Yes, it absolutely was. Was tonight only one game? Yes. But you see the talent discrepancy between both teams tonight. It's a given versus Thunder, though. I mean, you don't beat Thunder, then, I mean, yikes. But that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, what are are your thoughts through two games in the season? Uh, They're playing hard. They have a lot of energy. They're not giving up. They're battling each possession. Uh, Christian Wood looked really good tonight. Um, he looked like a super, he looked like a superstar tonight. Yeah, happy to see now, that. Now he's going up against the likes of Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala sucks. You know, you're you're never going to be able to sell me on Mike Muscala being any good. But at the same time, he did exactly what he needed to do tonight, which was dominate the um, dominate the 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 game because Christian Wood was the best player on the court tonight. Now the how question Josh, is, how did Josh Giddy play for them? Their rookie they got. I didn't like. He, he sucks. I mean, he sucks. He's not look. He's not a good player. Like anybody who's now, when I say he's not a good player, let me rephrase my statement. I don't think he's going to be a good player. I watched him play. You know, who he reminds me of. He's a a better version, but not by much of Adam Morrison is what he reminds me of. Remember Adam Morrison from Gonzaga. I'm a big Zags fan, so. Um. Yeah, he's a, he's Adam Morrison. I mean, tonight for them, he what did he do? He did he had uh, he had six six points, two rebounds, four assists, two of six from the field. Now it's the second game in the NBA. Is it yeah. fair to say that he's a complete bust? No, but I'm saying in the homework that I did on Josh Giddy going into the draft, I thought he was a nice player. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's going to be great in the league by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like him going to a team like the Thunder is going to hurt him, and I don't think that that's talked about enough in the NBA. All these guys have talent. Adam Morrison had talent when he came into the league, um, but it's a huge question of the team that you get drafted to, the rotation that you have around you, the coaching. I don't feel like Josh Giddy in Oklahoma City is going to get a great roster to play with. I don't feel like he's going to get great coaching. I don't feel like there's a developmental team to bring him along. I think that's his biggest problem that he's going to run into. And then my other point is, Mike, is I think Kevin Porter Jr. needs to be more aggressive. Um, he's, it looks like he's almost too afraid to shoot the ball, and he can't be – if you guy running the offense, you got to be more aggressive. He has to play more like how Harden did when he was running, running our offense. I know he's young. It's a good point. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good point. I think you and I are very similar in the fact that in our time talking Rockets basketball together, we want satisfaction and we want it now. Yep. And it's not a bad thing, Ryan. Like, I'm never gonna fault 
fans like you and I that look at a team and they say, okay, you know, they need to fix A, B, C, and D. This is how I think we're going to, how they should do it. I have all these different thoughts. And then when there's a, a middle ground that guys like you and I have to get to, and that's, this is the second game that he has played with Jalen Green. This is the second game of the season. It's not going to be perfect yet. I was he, tonight. You. He had a much, he had a much better game tonight than he did against Minnesota. Tonight gave me a lot more hope of Kevin Porter Jr. running this team. See, I was telling Jeremy last night, I was like, yeah, I wonder how Mike's taking this loss because I remember last time they lost to the Timberwolves, you were on our, you were, went live and you, all your head blew off your shoulders. And I remember how pissed. It pisses off. me off. Yeah. It still does. Look, the way that they lost the other night to Minnesota is inexcusable. It's, it's not good. It's not a good look. I don't believe in Minnesota. I don't believe in teams like Dallas. I don't believe in teams like Minnesota. I don't think they're any good by league standards. I think Luca's the best, one of the best players in the league, but I feel like Dallas sucks. I don't feel like Dallas is any good. Minnesota's in that same boat for me. You know, watching the game, I didn't watch the entire game as I'm on a cruise ship currently, but I'm looking at the game, the parts of the game that I did watch. Anthony Edwards by NBA standards is not great. He's a good player. But we made him look like, you know, he was Donovan Mitchell. That's inexcusable. What I liked most about the game tonight was the fact that the Rockets bounced back. They faced adversity. They came out and they beat the ever-living hell out of an inferior team tonight. Yeah. and That's a good first step for the Rockets learning how to win because they have to learn how to win, you know? Like, I feel like a good analogy for this Rockets team is they're that cute girl in school that doesn't know that she's cute yet, and she has to learn confidence. Like, she has to learn how to approach dudes and be able to, you know, get them to say, yes, you know, let's go out to dinner. Does that make sense? Like, they're the – they got to learn how to get their swagger a little bit is what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I know – okay, so I'm sick of hearing it, and I'm sure you're sick of hearing it too, but – if you're the Rockets, do you bite on a Ben Simmons trade? Yes or no? If they can get him, if they can get him for John Wall, yes, I 100% do. They'd have to give up a 100%. first round pick too, unfortunately. But I think we should done. Well, here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> you have to ask yourself a question: Does Ben Simmons, if he's playing at an elite level, make you a better team? than what you would be with what you're giving up the simple answer to that question is yes it does because you're not getting anything from john wall like you're giving him you're giving him 40 million dollars 40 plus million dollars to literally do nothing if you can find a way to acquire a guy like a ben simmons and you don't give up the farm you do it is the most simple way to answer that question. If we can get uh, uh, Maxi Thibel, or is that is that who it is? Maxi Thibel. I don't. I think Thibel. In, in the- Mati- Ma- yeah, Mati- Matisse Thibel. He's a good player. I like him a lot. I like Tyrese Maxi a little bit more than Thibel. But if you can get Thibel, like a like a reasonable deal would be Thibel and Simmons for House of First and Wall. I would do that deal. Two seconds because. The, the, thing, the thing is that Rockets fans, I feel like, have to keep an eye on is, and it's, it's in every sport, it's in absolutely every sport, that 
people are afraid of get you know bringing in a guy who's making a ton of money because they don't want to get rid of their cap room in that year because they're so afraid well if we say if we get ben simmons you know we we can't really you know do anything in, in free agency think about how much money the rockets are saving right now by sending away james harden they're saving 40 million dollars a year right like who's making legitimate money on this team right now christian wood at 14 million eric gordon i think is at 18 million you have John Wall at 40. So if you send out Wall's contract and you bring back Ben Simmons, Eric Gordon comes off the books at the end of next year. You're probably yeah. going to trade him before that point anyway. Christian True. Woods on the books until only the end of next year. You have to look at this and you have to say a very legitimate question is, what if Ben Simmons is the best player that the Rockets can get in free agency or trade over the next three years? Because if you're a free agent, why would you want to come here? Give me a reason outside of the city of Te- or the state of Texas has no uh, state income tax. Why would you want to come here? What, what is attractive about the Rockets right now? For a, any type of player that is the caliber of a healthy Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons. Besides the city... Besides this, besides city, you know, Houston always being a, a good city, a uh, great city for, for athletes to live in. Besides the fact that there is no state income tax, there is no superstar on this team. You have Christian Wood, who's a very good player. But I'm talking about, I'm not talking about guys like Daniel Tice. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm talking about guys like a, uh, who's a big free agent next year. You know, the a, a Kyle Lowry, as an example. Why would Kyle Lowry want to come here? Not Kyle Lowry. I said, uh, and I know Durant will be a free agent. I know Hard's a free agent, but why would he come back here again? Who knows? Um, hey, look, if, if Harden wins a if Harden wins a championship this year with Brooklyn, maybe he gets his championship and he comes back. Now, would the city of Houston welcome him with open arms? I don't know the answer to that question, right? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. But the thing is, you have to look at this. And the Rockets right now with John Wall have the 23rd lowest payroll in the league. That's with John Wall. So you're bringing in Ben Simmons. That's nothing. It's nothing. So, like you're not, you know, it, it's the same salary cap. So when, Le- when LeBron left and then came back, they welcomed him with open arms, right? When he went, went from back to, from Miami back to Cle- uh, Cleveland and got him a chip. They were more than happy to have him back in Cleveland. I would look. I anyone who listens to this show or has listened to this show in the time that we've been doing it knows how much I love James Harden. I would love James Harden to be a part of this team, this franchise. Period. End of story. Is it ever going to happen again? If I had to bet money on it, no. Look at the game tonight. You see what the Rockets are, sort of. Like, the Rockets are not as bad as Oklahoma City. They're just, they're just not. They're not the worst team in the Western Conference. Do I think that they're a, a top-five team? No. No. I, but I will say this. I will say this. You asked me the question about Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons is willing to adapt his game to be a Powerful. facilitator, you know, a, non, you know, a non-point guard, this team is 
moved into the conversation of the nine, six, I would say six to 10th best team in the West. I'd say at least, I think that uh, at least playing. I, I think Ben, look, I think Ben Simmons is that type of dude that can do that. And especially if, if you're just adding him and not taking away from any <coughs> current value of this team, like the trade that we just broke down, that opens up minutes for guys like KJ Martin Jr. It opens up minutes for a guy like Armani Brooks. Like you're going to tell me that if you put Armani Brooks on the court as the same time as a Ben Simmons, that Armani Brooks can't just feast from the corner. Cause you're adding a guy who's six foot 10 and Ben Simmons that you're, he's a three time uh, defense, uh, all NBA defensive first team. He's a guy who, do I think he has problems? Yeah, I think he's got problems. I think he's throwing a temper tantrum in Philadelphia, and it's not a good look for him. I yeah. think that I think that part really sucks for his image. But I think at the same time, if I was treated the same way that Ben Simmons was being treated in Philadelphia, I can see where he's coming from. I don't agree with what he's doing, but I can see where his motivation is in acting the way that he is acting. Also, the issue is, is Daryl Morey said he wants to get something just as equal back in return. So he said it could, it could take years before they finally uh, deal Ben Simmons, if at all. So, I mean, it's going to be a long wait. Hopefully not. But, I mean, both. both well, but here's, but here's the. Both Wall and. But Simmons. here's the. Go ahead. But if you're Daryl, you're not going to get a better player than John Wall. A healthy John Wall last year who averaged, what, 17.9 points per game. He averaged, what, five to six assists a game, and he averaged, what, four or five rebounds? Like, that's – you're not going to get better. You're not going to get better than that in a Ben Simmons deal. The only way that you're going to get a better package than that potentially is from Sacramento. Like, if you can attract a guy, what would Sacramento give him? I mean, like, Harrison Barnes doesn't make any sense from Sacramento because they already have Tobias Harris. They healed. Um, I mean, Buddy Heald is fine. I mean, he's okay. Would I rather? But if you're if you're if you're uh, if you're Philadelphia and you're sending Simmons out, you need a point guard. John Wall's th- your point guard. De'Aaron Fox. I mean, I don't like. I don't think they're going to give him De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think part of this is that Daryl is playing the long however, game, and this however, is and this is the thing. However, this is the thing about Daryl that Philadelphia is learning now that Rockets fans knew for 14 years, as much as I liked Daryl as a human being, I thought he was a really good GM. You can't say he's a great GM. He never even made it to the finals. Now, is that his fault? Yes and no. Well, we went small. Like right now. We went, the small ball didn't well, work. So. Well, he, made, he, he panicked. Like, he was way too much in James Harden's pockets when James was here. He gave James Harden way too much uh, leeway in the way that he acted and presented himself as a member of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I agree. The way I, the, the way I see it is, you know, great GMs win titles. You don't ever look at a GM and say, oh, that, that individual is great. That hasn't won titles. Uh, Bob Myers in Golden State was great. He's great. He's a great, he's a great general manager. 
Um, now, I think in the post-Kevin Durant era, if he doesn't start you know, winning some, some series, I think his job could potentially be in jeopardy, um, but not anytime soon. Daryl was great at attracting top-flight talent to join the Rockets organization. That's what he was great at. He was not great at team success, which at the end of the day is the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters to me as a fan, and that should matter to other fans out there, yes, is, is, is development important? Yeah. You know, if the, the Rockets are one and one right now, which is great. It's an improvement from last year. You know, it's, it's a, they look like a better team from last year. Would you agree, Ryan, or disagree? 100%. 100%. Okay. So they look better this year. They have more talent this year, which me as a fan, that's all you can ask for is moving in the right direction. But at the same time, the Rockets are coming up on that five-game uh, West Coast uh, road trip. You're going to learn a lot about this team. You're not going to learn everything about this team, but you're going to learn a lot about this team on that road trip. Um, I'm bringing up the schedule now. What are we looking at? So they don't leave, sorry, they don't, they don't leave for a couple games. They have uh, on, or no, Boston on, on Sunday, Boston on Sunday, and they just, they just got blown out. Yeah. You know, you have Boston on Sunday, you go to the Mavericks, you have the Jazz at home, you have at the Lakers twice in a row, which makes no sense to me. But that five-game road trip is Lakers, Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, Warriors. I mean, that, for God's sake, that is not an easy uh, road trip. Do I think that the Rockets lose all five of those games? No, I don't. From yeah. what I from what I saw tonight, yeah. that this team, yeah, I mean, law of averages says you're going to win at least one of those games. I think they go. I, I if I had to bet money, I would say they go one and four, two and three, or one and four. You know, but tonight is what I talked about preseason when we did our one of our preseason breakdowns. This team is good enough to feast on the worst teams in the league. That's going to get them by itself eight to 10 wins this year, you know, like what, what has Dallas done? I'm looking up Dallas, what they've done thus far this year. Uh, yeah. They're, what are they? They're, they're, they're oh, Phoenix, Denver, Golden State. Yeah. That's really hard. Yeah. And Dallas, I think, I don't think Dallas has won a game yet from what I'm seeing on the, the limited resources that I have here. But the thing is, they look like tonight a team that knows what they are to a certain extent, if that makes sense. Like, they know that they want to be young. They want to run. They want to play. The defensive uh, The defensive communication was vastly better tonight than it was against Minnesota, so that's improving. Jalen Green hasn't even sniffed what he can be in the league yet. Um, I will say tonight, one thing that went unnoticed, Alperin Shingun trying to body up a guy like Derek Favors is not going to work at this point. Yeah, like he, he's, he's getting a healthy dose of reality of what his game looks like at the next level. Defensively, he's a lot further along than I thought he would be at this point. Offensively, his passing ability is scary good for a guy who's playing his second regular season NBA game. And I will say this, partly due to the lack of resources that the front office has given to, to Silas, I think the I think he I think Shen Goon is going to be starting 
in the next 15 games. Because I think Tice looks and feels much better coming off of the bench than he does starting. Um, next 15. That's look. That that's what I've seen, and it's more out of necessity. Like if you're going to leave Shangun on an island as the only big man coming off of the bench, because that's all they have at this point. That's the only big that they have outside of Garuba. So if you're going to be a team that only has one big coming off the bench, Ryan, would you n- not rather have that be a guy who has been in the league for as long as Tice has versus a guy who's a rookie like Shangun? Like that's the logical thing to do at this point is to put Shangun in the starting lineup, let him get some legitimate minutes next to a guy like Christian Wood, and if something goes wrong and Shangun struggles, then you go to Tice. I like that move a heck of a lot more than starting with Tice and then going to Shingoon if something goes sideways. Yeah, I like I like Eric Gordon come off, coming off the bench too. That's where that's how he should be going forward. So I mean, if it works for that kind of location, then um, yeah, I guess you can give it a shot. I mean, it doesn't really hurt. There's nothing to really lose at this point. So, but like, like, like back to the Ben Simmons thing. If we can get if if we can figure out if Ben Simmons. Uh, deal uh, this team uh, is not just better but they're bigger too and our starting five would be KBJ, Green, Green Tate and then Simmons or no Wood Simmons, Wood Simmons or Simmons Wood I don't know how you, how you do that rotation but oh, and, Tate, and, and that's one thing the, another thing that has gone vastly unnoticed, I feel like, to a large portion of the fan base. Jay Sean Tate had a hell of a game tonight. Hell of a game tonight. Um, You watch him play, and the thing that I love about Jay Sean Tate is that he's so so solid at so many different things. Is he great at those things? No. Is he a great rebounder? No, but he's a scrappy rebounder. Like, he, he has effort. You saw the defensive lockdown that he put uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander in in the first quarter. You know, like things like that, the fact that he scored 16 points, but it's how he got the 16 points. I can recollect just off the top of my head, you know, he had, what, six points on three layups where he got the ball in the paint, and he didn't immediately go up for a shot. He, he, He caught himself, took a second, figured out where he was, and went up strong to the hole. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ben Simmons thing, I think, is something to keep an eye. That, that's all I'm going to say. I don't, you know, I don't know that for a fact. All I'm saying is, is that it makes a lot of sense if Daryl gets desperate enough to move him for a guy like John Wall. Ben Simmons is a better player than John Wall. Like, if you acquire Ben Simmons for the package that we laid out earlier, and if you're just tuning in, that package was Ben Simmons and Matias Thibel for a first-round pick, Daniel House, and John Wall. You do that deal in five seconds, in my opinion. I don't know how many fans are going <coughs> to... Excuse me. I don't know how many fans are going to agree with that. You can tweet me at Podcast underscore MB uh, to discuss that at any time. I'm a fan of that move because you're, you would be getting a heck of a lot more from Ben Simmons than you are getting from John Wall, which is absolutely nothing. I'm just- and the other part of that is... Ben Simmons with a guy like John Lucas, uh, who is widely regarded in the NBA as 
one of, if not the best development coach on and off the court. You can see a difference in a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. from last year to this year. Um, you can also look at the the brand new development coach that the Rockets uh, hired today uh, in Houston legend, Gerald Green. Congrats on retirement, Gerald Green. Uh, 12 years in the NBA. And it, it's great. You know, it's great the fact that Gerald Green is back as a part of the Rockets organization. The other thing that, that I want to ask you about, Ryan, and everybody else is how great was it tonight seeing Vernon Maxwell in the building? Mario Eli was in yeah. the building tonight. Akeem Olajuwon shot the, um, the, the first shot at the beginning of the game. Like, those are three dudes that are vital in having as a part of this organization. Ellie, Maxwell, Elijah. In the building. I mean, yeah. I mean, just in in any sort of capacity, having those three guys is so important because it's just a good look. Like, it's a good look to have those guys on your side. Having a guy like a uh, John Lucas in the building. I like what I've seen from Steven Silas tonight i didn't like what i saw opening night i don't think the guys were ready i think i think jalen green was and is shell-shocked at the speed that it's going to take to compete at the next level i think the difference between a guy like shangun and jalen green shangun played professional ball at a very high level overseas against dudes that you would not want to see in a dark alley at night if you if you're picking up what i'm putting down like those are tough dudes that he was going up against. I think he was playing in Turkey. Is it Turkey? Yeah, I want to say it's Turkey. Um, like the difference between those types of dudes and the dudes Jalen Green was going up against in the G League are vastly different. And Shangun, not only did he have to play against those guys, but he had to be a big in that league and have to go get rebounds on a nightly basis. You and I both know, watch those tapes and see what he was going up against. It was not easy. Like that, that was not an easy feat for him. I'm not going to compare uh, Shangun to Jokic like everybody else has, but I mean, it's unfair. That's unfair. He's not. Even, he's not even the same stratosphere as, as Jokic. Does he play like Jokic? Yeah, I mean, he has. He's he's comparable to Jokic, but that would that would be like comparing Jalen Green to Michael Jordan. Like it's just stupid. It, it's a stupid comparison. Now, if you want to say, I think he can develop into the next Jokic, I mean, yeah, I guess there's a chance that could happen. I, I think that, you know, there's a as equal a chance as Halle Berry showing up at my front door and nothing but, you know, a trench coat, you know, and a steak dinner. I don't think, I don't think Shangun will, is the next Jokic. I think he is more of a Pau Gasol type than he is a Jokic type. Yes, yeah, I, I remember you brought that up before, and I do see a lot of that. Or I, I even see, um, course looks like kind of reminds me of, uh, um, like he's just more, he's more finesse than Jokic is. Like Jokic is, Jokic is a lot of finesse, but there's also a decent amount of time where Jokic will just back you down and put the ball in the hole. Shangun is not there yet. He's, he's, he's it, like a, okay, Nurkic from Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. See, but see, Nurkic is more of a banger and bruiser, though. Like Shingun is not that. Shingun is is finesse. He's a he's a great passer. He's a decent rebounder. He's not a great rebounder. 
Um, I like, I think putting comparisons on guys just, it's not, it's not my thing. It's not my cup of tea that I, that I look to. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this guy looks like the next, because so many things can happen. Like, you know, anybody, you know, tear your ACL and you're done. And then, you know, you spent what an hour or two talking about what this guy could have been. And then it's all over. You look at tonight, he had 18 minutes on the floor. He had six points. He had four rebounds. He had an assist. He was over two from the three point line and he had six turnovers and he had four fouls. He was a plus 14, you know, but six turnovers isn't good. Like he's going to struggle. He's a rookie. He, he, rookies are meant to struggle. Rookies are not meant to come into the league and destroy the league on night one, but the Rockets have shown enough. These first two games, we're going to wrap the show up here in a minute, but the Rockets have shown enough in these first two games that makes me think, that I was not wrong preseason in my predictions that this very easily could be a top 10 team in the West. They very easily could be. They've got steps that they need to take in order to make those types of things happen. But the framework is there to a certain extent right now. Christian Wood continues to play the type of ball that he's playing. If Eric Gordon can stay healthy and stay engaged and stay a, a, a vital part of this team coming off the bench, 26 minutes and 22 points. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Can Jay, you know, Jalen green, you know, he starts kicking in 15 to 20 points a night. What does that look like? What does it look like? Kevin Porter jr. You know, we look 25 games in he's averaging 18 points and he's averaging, you know, eight or nine assists a game with two steals and he's shooting 38% from the three point line. How many games are the Rockets going to win? Rockets are going to win a decent amount of games. If those things happen, you know, Daniel Tice, can show that what was one of the biggest areas that this team struggled with last year? Rebounding the ball. You know, they got manhandled the first night. Okay, you throw that one away. The Rockets came in tonight, out-rebounded the Thunder by 13. That's the, those are the types of stats this team needs to look at. And if they're gonna if they're gonna make 17 threes a game, watch out for this team. Like my my big with, thing within reasoning is what I'm saying. Watch out for them being a pesky team that no one wants to play. They have more talent than, but they don't want to see, they don't want to, they look at them on the schedule and they're like, okay, like tonight's going to be a dog fight against the Rockets. My big take on this thing though, is I'm just sick of tired, sick and sick and tired of seeing John Wall sit on the bench, get rid of, you gotta, you gotta deal and get the best return for him and move on. It's just, you know, uh, like I said, Ben Simmons wants out. John Wall would be a contender with the Sixers. It works. Both both, both teams win the trade, so do it. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely I, – I agree with you. I think both teams are, are being hard-headed at this point because they believe that they have an asset that is worth much more than that asset is actually worth. Because an asset is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it if you want to part with it. And um, completely destroyed that relationship with the rest of the players in the locker room. So it's just going to be super awkward now. So something needs to be done. And it, it, would, it would be a – Ryan, I'm going to send you down to the Gulag so I can wrap the show up. But thank you, my man, for hanging out with me tonight and talking all things Rockets, as always. Right. Thanks, brother. You know, to, put a, to put a bow – on this show and what Ryan and I were talking about, it would, it would be a risk to bring Ben Simmons to this team. 
because you would be trading away equity in the, you know, trading away John Wall, who I still believe has some value to a certain team. Um, I don't know what that value is. I don't know who it is to, but I think he still has some value. If you trade away that, you trade away a draft. It's going to take a draft pick to move John Wall's contract. If the Rockets are willing to part with one of those draft picks, then yes, I would still do the deal. But it is a risk. Anybody who says it's not a risk is lying to you. Um, Once again, my name is Michael Brown. Thank you all so much for listening to the show tonight. I'm one part of the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. Make sure to head over to the, uh, if you're on Twitter, make sure to give the mothership of the Dream Take, the Dream Shake, a follow at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow the Dream Take at the Dream Take. Uh, Make sure to give uh, my co-pilots, Mr. Ray Lucas, a follow at Raymond Lucas Jr. and Jeremy Brenner, uh, at Jeremy Brenner, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R, a follow. That's at Raymond Lucas Jr., at Jeremy Brenner. Uh, you can also give me a follow at BSW Podcast underscore N-B. Make sure to follow The Dream Shake on Facebook at The Dream Shake. Once again, we are wrapping the show up uh, for tonight's postgame uh, with your happy final of the Houston Rockets 124, the Oklahoma City Thunder 90. One, uh, a quick look at the next couple of games uh, for the Houston Rockets. Once again, the dream take will be live uh, after each one of these games. We'll let everyone know via Twitter where those shows are going to be going live at. The next game for the Rockets is this Sunday against the Boston Celtics, 7 o'clock tip. We then play the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday um, at 730 or excuse me, 8.30, and then we are at, excuse me, against the Utah Jazz at 8 o'clock. So the next three games, Celtics, Mavericks, Jazz, uh, two of those three of which are inside of Toyota Center. Until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar, Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.